Section 38 of the Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. The Promulgation of Universal Peace, Volume 1, by Abdul Baha Abbas. Section 38. 6. June 2nd, 1912, at Church of the Ascension, 5th Avenue and 10th Street, New York. Notes by Esther Foster. In the terminology of the holy books, the church has been called the House of the Covenant, for the reason that the church is a place where people of different thoughts and divergent tendencies, where all races and nations may come together in a covenant of permanent fellowship. In the temple of the Lord, in the house of God, man must be submissive to God. He must enter into a covenant with his Lord in order that he shall obey the divine commands and become unified with his fellow man. He must not consider divergence of races nor differences of nationalities. He must not view variation in denomination and creed, nor should he take into account the differing degrees of thoughts. Nay, rather, he should look upon all mankind and realize that all must become united and agreed. He must recognize all as one family, one race, one nativity see all as the servants of one god dwelling beneath the shelter of his mercy the purport of this is that the church is a collective center temples are symbols of the reality and divinity of god the collective center of mankind consider how within a temple every race and people is seen and represented all in the presence of the lord covenanting together in a covenant of love and fellowship all offering the same melody prayer and supplication to god Therefore it is evident that the church is a collective center for mankind. For this reason there have been churches and temples in all the divine religions, but the real collective centers are the manifestations of God, of whom the church or temple is a symbol and expression. That is to say, the manifestation of God is the real divine temple and collective center of which the outer church is but a symbol. Recall the statement of His Holiness Jesus Christ in the Gospel. Addressing Peter, he said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my church. It is evident, therefore, that the church of God is the law of God, and that the actual edifice is but one symbol thereof. For the law of God is a collective center which unites various peoples, nativities, tongues, and opinions. All find shelter in its protection and become attracted by it. For example, His Holiness Moses and the Mosaic Law were the unifying center for the scattered sheep of Israel. He united these wandering flocks, brought them under control of divine law, educated and unified them, caused them to agree, and uplifted them to a superlative degree of development. At a time when they were debased, they became glorified. Ignorant, they were made knowing. In the bonds of captivity, they were given freedom. In short, they were unified. Day by day they advanced until they attained the highest degree of progress witnessed in that age. We prove, therefore, that the manifestation of God and the law of God accomplish unity. It is self-evident that humanity is at variance. Human tastes differ. Thoughts, nativities, races, and tongues are many. The need of a collective center by which these differences may be counterbalanced and the people of the world be unified is obvious. Consider how nothing but a spiritual power can bring about this unification. For material conditions and mental aspects are so widely different that agreement and unity are not possible through outer means. It is possible, however, for all to become unified through one spirit, just as all may receive light from one sun. Therefore, assisted by the collective and divine center which is the law of God and the reality of his manifestation, 
we can overcome these conditions until they pass away entirely and the races advance consider the time of his holiness christ peoples races and governments were many religions sects and denominations were various but when his holiness appeared the messianic reality proved to be the collective center which unified them beneath the same tabernacle of agreement reflect upon this could his holiness jesus christ have united these divergent factors or brought about such results through political power was this unity and agreement possible through material forces it is evident that it was not nay rather these various peoples were brought together through a divine power through the breaths of the holy spirit they were blended and quickened by the infusion of a new life the spirituality of christ overcame their difficulties so that their disagreements passed away completely in this way these divergent peoples were unified and became welded in a bond of love which alone can unite hearts therefore it is shown that the divine manifestations the holy mouthpieces of god are the collective centers of god these heavenly messengers are the real shepherds of humanity for whenever they appear in the world they unite the scattered sheep the collective center has always appeared in the orient his holiness abraham his holiness moses his holiness jesus christ his holiness mohammed were collective centers of their day and time and all arose in the east today his holiness baha'u'llah is the collective center of unity for all mankind and the splendor of his light has likewise dawned from the east he founded the oneness of humanity in persia he established harmony and agreement among the various peoples of religious beliefs denominations sects and cults by freeing them from the fetters of past imitations and superstitions leading them to the very foundation of the divine religions from this foundation shines forth the radiance of spirituality which is unity the love of god the knowledge of god praiseworthy morals and the virtues of the human world baha'u'llah renewed these principles just as the coming of spring refreshes the earth and confers new life upon all phenomenal beings for the freshness of the former springtimes had waned the vivification had ceased the life-giving breezes were no longer wafting their fragrances winter and the season of darkness had come his holiness baha'u'llah came to renew the life of the world with this new and divine springtime which has pitched its tent in the countries of the orient in the utmost power and glory it has refreshed the world of the orient and there is no doubt that if the world of the occident should abandon dogmas of the past turn away from empty imitations and superstitions investigate the reality of the divine religions hold fast to the example of his holiness jesus christ acting in accordance with the teachings of god and become unified with the orient an eternal happiness and felicity would be attained in the western world material civilization has attained the highest point of development but divine civilization was founded in the land of the east the east must acquire material civilization from the west and the west must receive spiritual civilization from the east this will establish a mutual bond when these two come together the world of humanity will present a glorious aspect and extraordinary progress will be achieved this is clear and evident no proof is needed the degree of material civilization in the occident cannot be denied nor can anyone fail to confirm the spiritual civilization of the orient for all the divine foundations of human uplift have appeared in the east this likewise is clear and evident therefore you must assist the east in order that it may attain material progress the east must likewise promulgate the principles of spiritual civilization in the western world by this commingling and union the human race will attain the highest degree of prosperity and development material civilization alone is not sufficient and will not prove productive the physical happiness of material conditions was allotted to the animal consider how the animal has attained the fullest degree of physical felicity 
a bird perches upon the loftiest branch and builds there its nest with consummate beauty and skill all the grains and seeds of the meadow are its wealth and food all the fresh water of mountain springs and rivers of the plain are for its enjoyment truly this is the acme of material happiness to which even a human creature cannot attain this is the honor of the animal kingdom but the honor of the human kingdom is the attainment of spiritual happiness in the human world the acquisition of the knowledge and love of god the honor allotted to man is the acquisition of the supreme virtues of the human world this is his real happiness and felicity but if material happiness and spiritual felicity be conjoined it will be delight upon delight as the arabs say we pray that god will unite the east and the west in order that these two civilizations may be exchanged and mutually enjoyed i am sure it will come to pass for this is the radiant century this is an age for the outpouring of divine mercy upon the exigency of this new century the unity of the east and the west it will surely be accomplished end of section thirty eight